Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. My name is Carol Ann Fernandez, and I'm the COO of Glen Eagle. I'm very excited today to be joined by our guest, Melody Warnick, an accomplished writer and author. In Melody's newest book, If You Could Live Anywhere, she explores the changing landscape of remote and freelance work and how living in the right place can make all the difference for your success and happiness. Welcome, Melody. Thanks for having me, Caroline. This is such a relevant topic with what's gone on in the world in the past few years with the pandemic. Can you start off by sharing a little bit of background with our listeners about who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I am a writer. I have spent the past 20 years or so as a freelance writer, mostly writing for magazines and newspapers and websites. A few years ago, I wrote a book called This Is Where You Belong. And it was about how people put down roots in communities, especially new communities when you've moved somewhere recently. And I have a new book coming out in July called If You Could Live Anywhere. And it really was inspired by, like you said, the changes that we've seen in the world, the rise of remote work and the increased flexibility and autonomy a lot of people have to choose where they live. As someone who's been fairly mobile myself, it's something that I think about a lot. I think a lot of people think about and wonder about for themselves. And it is it was a fun book to write because of that. Sounds like it. You said you traveled a lot. What was your inspiration? Was it just that you've been a world traveler and you started to um, research it more? What inspired you to get into this uh, line of writing? Well, I was one of those people who I grew up in Southern California, never moved a single time. And then at the end of college, I got married. And my husband and I, for a period of about 13 years, we just were geographically mobile. We just moved every couple of years and always for a a seemingly good reason. We moved for jobs or to grad school or to get a little closer to family or to take another job. In 2012, we landed in Blacksburg, Virginia, and I didn't love it here. <laughs> when we first came, I, I thought, oh, this is going to be this this great small town in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And as we settled in, I was like, this is not working for me. Let's move again. But because I had fairly young kids at the time, my husband had just started this new job. I thought, I've got to figure out a way to feel at home here. And so that kind of inspired the first book, This is Where You Belong, the journey of what has to happen to make you feel at home in a community to make you feel rooted there. And it comes back to this idea of place attachment, which is this concept of how connected we feel to our communities. So that was the inspiration for book number one. And then book number two really came out of seeing the other side of the equation. I had written about what happens when people move to communities and try to settle in, but When the book came out and I started doing some public speaking about it, I realized there was this whole other side of the equation of towns and cities trying to attract people and doing things to make themselves more welcoming 
to new residents. And so I was curious about that combination. What towns can do for you when you choose to live there? That's very interesting. I, I'm curious just because my husband and I have talked about this now having young kids and living in a city, but have you seen with the advances in technology and the remote work and things like that, communities, I feel like in, it used to be in the past, like everyone went outside, right? And you knew your neighbors and things like that. And it seems like that's not the case as much unless you you really work at it. Is that something that you explored or saw while uh, doing research for your book of communities have just changed and how they work nowadays? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, this is something that used to be a part of daily life for a lot of people. There's research that during the 60s and 70s, people met up with their neighbors for gatherings and bunko parties and things like that mm-hmm. on a fairly regular basis. And now about half of us don't know our neighbors by name or we don't know them well. And I think, like you said, a lot of that is technology. And it's also just the speed of our lives, the, the way we socialize has simply changed. But that doesn't mean that socializing with neighbors and other people in our community isn't valuable because it really is. And there's a lot of research that shows it is incredibly healthy and adds to your well-being and helps you feel that sense of place attachment and rootedness in a community. But it is something you have to be really intentional about. And I've seen that in communities and people get really creative. One person I featured in my first book held a Friday night dinner with her neighbors and they would take turns hosting and when it was your turn to host, you'd make this huge meal for 60 people or something, but then you'd be able to enjoy it at other people's homes. I've seen people throw block parties and invite people into their front yard. So there are ways to get to know your neighbors and it's incredibly important, but you have to think about it a little harder than maybe you used to. That's very interesting. And for some great ideas, I'm sure, in your book that our listeners will get when they read it. But I guess if someone, since now there is more remote work and this idea that you can live virtually anywhere, what advice would you give to someone who's trying to uh, decide where to live? Like, how should they be thinking about things? What things should they maybe be looking for? Yeah, it is a tough question, right? There are about 10,000 cities in the world, small towns and cities, and so there is an abundance of choice, and that can be really overwhelming. So first I would tell someone who's trying to make this decision to really reflect on your own values. There are so many places you could go, but not every place is going to be right for you. And to determine that, you really have to think about what do I want? What matters to me? Maybe that's affordable housing, but there might be things that go a little deeper, like I value relationships, I value diversity, I value tranquility, things that get really deep to the heart of who you are and what you want your life to look like. So that's first, know your own values. And I think second, find a place that, nurtures you um, and nurtures your work. A lot of my book, um, If You Could Live Anywhere, is about finding that sweet spot of a place where even when you're working remotely, that community can help you succeed, help you make money, be more creative, things like that. 
but also be willing to find some purpose and meaning in becoming part of that community. And whether that is, like we were talking about earlier, getting to know neighbors or whether that's volunteering or becoming a community leader, I think that a lot of people want to find purpose and meaning in their work, but we can also find purpose and meaning in our places. And our places need us. They they need us so they can be successful, so they can be the kind of place that other people want to live. And I think individual residents have a lot of power to impact their towns in that way. Wow, I think that's a great point. I mean, I hadn't really thought of it, but I think that that definitely makes sense in the viewpoint of it's not only about where you want, what the place can offer you, but what can you offer where you're living as well. So thank you so much. I mean, this is a very interesting topic, and I think that one that I'm sure many of our uh, listeners have either thought of in the past uh, few years or are thinking about now with everything going on. One final question I'd just love to ask you is, what advice would you give to someone who is maybe looking to to write a book or, or be an author? And kind of what advice would you give them on starting that process and figuring out how to do that? Oh, that's a great question, and, and one I was talking about. Well, I think the number one advice is you don't need to be famous or, you know, have a million followers <laughs> on Instagram to do this, but it does help to get really clear on what you want to write about and what you have to say that no one else is saying. And I think a lot more avenues maybe than we used to to just publish our own work to get it out into the world. And I, I've i published my books with traditional publishers, but that's not the right avenue for everyone. So I think starting a blog or posting on Facebook or, or things like that can allow you to dip your toes in and see if this these topics are things that resonate with people. And then as for the actual publishing process, I, I wrote a book proposal for my first book. It's like this massive 50 or 60 page document. And it took me forever <laughs> to write. It really was this long process, but writing the book proposal forced me to examine exactly what I planned to do. It made me get really clear on my book idea. And then I made this list of 80 agents I was going to approach. And I was just so determined, like, I'm going to email all of them one by one until someone says yes. <laughs> and luckily, I, I only had to email eight before I found my agent, which was great. But um, That is know, very I think, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I was really lucky. But I think just deciding that if this is something you want, that you're going to be persistent about it, and that helps. Well, thank you, Melody, so much for taking the time to to talk with me today. I know this is a very interesting topic to myself and, and to our listeners. So thanks for taking the time to share about your books and just this idea of finding where where you fit and where you want to live. Yeah, thank you so much, Caroline. I love talking about it. It was great. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.